D. Yo. Where's the line for the extensions? Extensions? The extensions. Contract extensions. (laughs) (laughs) You want to get in it? I want some long-term security, if you know what I mean. (laughs) I'm not mad at you. This is the Believe in 49ers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. We're presented by betonline.ag. He is Super Bowl champion Eric Davis. I'm Rashawn Haylock. Plenty to get to on this show in case you haven't heard. Kyle Shanahan going to be around the Niners for a while. Having signed a new contract extension, we'll talk about that. We'll also give you our top five general manager and head coach duos currently in the league right now. Where do Lynch and Shanahan rank on that? Um, Colin Kaepernick, he continues to be in the news as a result of all the things that have been going on uh, around the country and around the world recently. Roger Goodell had some other comments on him. And also we'll talk to Matt Moore. Uh, He coached Colton McKivitz at West Virginia uh, the last few years. And so we'll get some insight into uh, one of the latest draft picks of the San Francisco 49ers on that offensive line. But first things first... Shanahan getting that new extension, ED. Um, it's a six-year deal, six-year contract extension. So he he signed through 2025, and it's going to make him one of the top five uh, paid head coaches in the National Football League. Uh, this coming, of course, off the heels of, of winning the NFC Championship and, and guiding one of the most potent offenses in the entire NFL. Um, I, I think this this speaks volumes. This speaks volumes about that relationship, uh, not only with with him and, and the organization, but uh, it, it's, there seems to be obviously some some mutual affinity there from from the reports. They were saying there wasn't a whole a whole lot of back and forth. It was like we want you. Kyle was like I want to be here, and they got this thing done pretty quickly. Uh, well, number one, it's going to be easy for Kyle to say I want to be here because he's getting new money. <laughs> so I, I, like you just said, you always want to get in that extension line. <laughs> mm-hmm. Coach, coach's money, unlike players, coach's money is guaranteed. So yes, sign me up for 187 years if I'm a coach, mm-hmm. of course. Yeah, because that because you can always get fired and go coach somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> so that's number one. Let's get that straight. So of course you're going to do it. But now with that, that I joke with that. Kyle likes where he is because he's in an organization, number one, it's a great organization. I know firsthand the 49ers is a great organization. It's a great place to work. It's a great uh, – it, if you're going to do that job, it's you want to do this job where you are going to be afforded everything necessary to be successful. That's one thing that I do know about the organization firsthand. You're going to be given whatever your job is, you will be put in position to excel at that job. Because everything that you need outside of just the effort um, that's necessary from within, you will be afforded with. So that's that's that part of it. Now, the flip side, why do you want this guy around? You see the job that he's doing. You see where he is. Um, a contract is a bridge over what you've done and what you're expected to do. That's what a contract is. Um, the The more that you've proven that you can do, the more that you've proven that you can do um, and the higher you've excelled, will de- that'll determine how long, how high that bridge can can be. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. you're going to get more. It's going to be a longer bridge and, and it's going to be, you know, a, a higher price bridge. That's where Kyle is. 
he's shown that okay, um, I can get this team to play. Give, given the given the people, I can get this team to perform at a certain level. I can get the coaching staff to perform at a certain level. I can raise the expectations around here to a certain level, um, and that's a championship level. He's shown that. So now the question is, because really he was already on the contract for what two years. So you gave him, you, you put you put three more on there. He, he, that, that's that's what you did. I mean, it sounds like oh my god, five year deal. I mean, six six year deal. But he was on the contract for two more already, I believe. Yeah, it were. I think it was three more. Uh, well, two okay. more after two more after. Oh well, yeah, after yeah, he was under for yeah. three more. Yeah, yes. Because so he, he, so, the first deal, the first deal was a six year deal. And was so, a six year yeah. deal. So he, yeah, he's in year three already. So so technically. He had he had two more years left because I'm going to say once once you know you're already into this. One. Well, league year, yeah, league year, league year's yeah. So you're yeah, you're yeah, already yeah, into this, this one. one, yeah. So you so what you, what you're doing is saying that we think I, I talk about that with players all the time. We're just giving you another life cycle because we think within this cycle right now, which and, and that's the way I looked at it. Someone asked me about it. What do you think? I said I think it's a smart move because. And, and I asked the guys who asked me that question, I said, do, and I'll ask you, do you believe the 49ers are going to be good next season? That they have a chance to compete for a championship next season? Do you believe that? I believe Rashawn? that. I believe that. Okay, you believe that. So if you're looking at him within this cycle, within his first life cycle, his first three years, he got the team to a Super Bowl. You believe in this second life cycle that he was already in those three years, you're already starting these three that he will give you a chance to compete for a championship, possibly win a championship. So you're saying within in that cycle, he's going to give you that opportunity because we both believe that they have a chance to win it this season. So why not extend that to another cycle? That's all they did. They gave they gave him they gave him another cycle. The NFL is it's a three year career, and that's what they did. So it seems like it's such a long time. It's really not. It's, it's really not. And because you, you look at the generation of the way players are going to come and go through there um, and, and just look at the turnover since he first got there. I think it's I think it's a smart move. I, I don't think it was done. I started thinking about it. Was it too soon? And, did, you know, did should they have waited? And I was like, no, because I think they've done a lot. They've shown he's shown a lot as a head coach now. He has the team in position to be successful, so I expect him to be successful. All it's going to do is cost you more. If you do this next year, it's going to cost you more money. Yeah. If you do it the following year, it's going to cost you more money. So now you, you got it over with because you, you were going to give him that next cycle because I don't – the only rate, way he doesn't get it is if the team falls apart the next couple of years. Don't see that happening. Yeah, it don't just, don't see that don't see that happening. A, a couple of things yeah. you you bring up, right? Is it is it too soon? And, and then you also talked about the the length of the deal. I think when when he first was hired, he and Lynch, uh, when they were both hired, they both got six year deals, and people were mm-hmm. kind of like, "Wow, that's that's a long time," you know. And, and I, I thought people thought the length of the deal at that time was was relatively long as well, and and. And all the Niners did pretty much basically was double down on it, right? And and I think you got to give them a, a, a ton of credit for being able to do that. For, for one, I think this just goes to show what they initially thought from Kyle Shanahan in the first place before they hired him as their head coach was that, that, that not only are they invested, but they feel like he was their guy, right? And so 
all the things that have come into fruition um, are, are telling them that that they got it right. And, and by all accounts, they did get it right. And of course, and of course, you reward, you know, that performance. But I think overall, as an organization, it just makes them look better. It, it, it makes them look like the class organization that they are, considering the fact that um, that, that they're, they're able to extend this offer and, and the length of, uh, of the offer as well. I mean, they could have easily extended, uh, you know, two years, three years. They, they went with a, a, a six year um, extension. So I, I. Oh, well, well, listen, well, hold up. Hold, they didn't extend him six years. They did. They extended him three years. Well, they sent him three years. Yeah, but they extended him three years. So that's what I'm saying. He didn't. It, so, so that's the thing about it. it. Sounds like such a long time. In the original deal, six years. That's a long time. But yeah, they basically gave them two years to clean out the locker room. Yeah, which which, so, which they did. So yeah, which, which which is what they did. They they came in and basically said these first two years we are really not evaluating you. We are, what we're going to do is allow you. Which, which again, that now that part of it, to me, signifies that you had belief in your guys. That you said, I believe in this guy, so what we're going to do, we are going to relieve that first-year pressure, that second-year pressure. You don't have to worry about coming in here and putting a championship team on the field. But what you do need to do is come in and establish what it means to be a winner here, to establish the philosophy on how you're going to win. So that's what they did. And now, again, it's not really doubling down. Like I said, you, you really just gave another you gave another life cycle. You ex, you extended him another cycle. He's already in the last part of his contract. He, he was he was in the final days of his contract. And people may not look like look at it that way because he had two more years. And like, well, he's got three seasons, this one and the next. one. Well, it's a three year. That's the average career. Average career for a player is three years. You're going to have so much turnover. So he was already in it. Now they extended it to another one. So that stability is huge, not just for for the team. Um, it's really huge for the free agent market or, or Niners to be free agents. So, th- so that's something that you really have to think about. So it's not just the stability and the showing the trust in the, um, in the head coach. But when you have that, and I know it from being a free agent, when you have that, you're looking at this like, okay, I'm a Niner. I know what it's like to be here. I know what it's going to be like to be here. I know what it means to be a Niner. I know how we practice. I know I know the guy in charge, the way his meeting schedule is, how it is to travel on the plane, to stay in the hotel, what camp. I know everything about this because this is the guy who's going to be giving me my speeches and setting the plan. He's not going anywhere. That also helps with free agents because I'm in free agent. I can, Hey man, what's it really like playing there? How is it going to be? You get to get it. Like, this is how it's going to be. Cause this is the guy who's going to be here. So that helps maintain just like it was when I was a nighter. It helps maintain. It maintains a certain level of play because you can, there's not a player in the league that won't be attracted to that winning the stability in which you, you have to win um, and having a group of guys that are like, okay, you, you want to be a part of this? Let me tell you what it's like. So that that's the biggest, for me, that's the biggest part of giving him that next cycle. Um, what you have done is given an organization – a chance to sustain this. That's why I keep saying this isn't going away. The Niners aren't going away. 
because they seem to me like they figured out how to do this. They got people in place now that know how to be a sustained uh, contender. This is the Believe in 49ers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Of course, we're presented by betonline.ag. And of course, ED, as you know, there's no shortage of action with our friends over there at betonline.ag. Of course, you know, sports slowly transitioning back into our lives with the UFC boxing. There's a big boxing uh, match uh, last night. They're, they're going twice a week now uh, from from Vegas uh, is top-ranked boxing. You got NASCAR, um, soccer, uh, the MLS is on its way back. Meanwhile, over ca- across the pond, uh, you got the Spanish League, you got the Premier League uh, coming back. Um, and so there, there's so much so much going on, and of course, leading the way, and, and Bet Online has all the best odds and lines for the upcoming games and matches. So looking for something else other than sports bet online also has hundreds of live casino games poker tournaments and all the best props in the business visit betonline.ag or use your mobile device and join now to receive your welcome bonus and start playing today bet online your online wagering experts um i want to get back to your point about is it too soon and and i i think that's fair because I mean, we talk all the time about how, you know, coaches get fired too soon. Um, and then there's that aspect of, of are they are they extended too soon? Um, I, I think the Niners got it right. And I say that because you can make the argument that Kyle Shanahan is ahead of schedule. Right. Like like you just you just mentioned it. Right. They, they gave him a six year deal and they said these first two years you get to just clean house. Right. First two years they do that. What happens in the third year? He gets them to Miami. He gets them to the Super Bowl, yeah, yeah. right? Um, so, so you can you can make the argument that he's ahead of schedule. Like that success from last season, arguably, um, you know, sh- sh- should should be should be you know reserved for the twenty twenty season and and or beyond, right? But he did that. The, the the first year out of them cleaning house, he did that. And who knows, you know, what, what that second year could have been had Jimmy G not gotten hurt, right? They they finished four and twelve and and you know, some of the pieces were there. Um who knows? May, maybe he gets that team to the playoffs in year two when they're supposed to be cleaning the house. We, we we don't know, you know, obviously because Jimmy G got hurt to, to to the point that you made um on our last pod talking about the most valuable player on the team, right? But so you, you come back with a quarterback who who, you know, coming off a, a significant injury, you got, you know, a bunch of youth on on the defensive side, you, you draft well and, and Kyle gets this team all the way to the Super Bowl. Right. We went through we went through, I want to say, maybe three quarters of the season, if not two thirds of the season, for sure, having to defend are the Niners for real last season. Right. Like so many people just couldn't believe what they were seeing, because to your point, like you're coming off of off of that second year where, you know, you guys are just now like now we're supposed to be like now we're supposed to be seeing like the real Kyle Shanahan. This is this is the real team constructed by Lynch and Shanahan. Now we get to see what what Shanahan is as is as a coach and he gets into the Super Bowl. Right. So. Yeah. So he, the, the, the Niners hit the nail on the head here with this one. Like you strike when the iron's hot. Kyle Shanahan has proven and and and. And proven that not only is he a good coach, but he arrived probably earlier than so many people 
thought that he would, especially when you look at what he inherited, what, what him and John Lynch inherited uh, as a program there. So um, I applaud them for, for, for hitting it right now because, like you said, it's probably going to cost them, you know, a whole lot more if they wait. And, and in Kyle Shanahan, I think you see if there's this new wave of coaches, he's leading the way. Right. Like like he he is at he is at the head of the class and and he's doing it with 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 obviously, you know, his, his tremendous offensive acumen. Um, but he's doing it with with a, a respect level. Um, he, he The way he's able to conduct himself, the way he's able to handle that locker room, you don't hear a whole bunch of drama coming out of that locker room. Um, he's just. He's a dude's dude, man. Like he he he's got the swag. He personifies it all. He he's as cool as a cool cool as a cucumber. You never really see him get rattled. Um, he he's he just he just fits everything that that is about this organization and and what we saw on that field last year and um and it's it it's deserved in my opinion. And I wouldn't say it's too soon. I think they I think they hit it right when they're supposed to because if there's an arc. That Niners arc is going up right now, right? Um, you know, they, they make it to the Super Bowl yeah. a season to go. I think the expectations are, are just as high, if not higher, heading into the 2020 season. And um, and that's that's because of Kyle. Uh, yeah. Well, that's because of Kyle and it's because of them damn dudes. So yeah. That, that's the thing about it. Kyle, Kyle has Well, of course. Right, you can't you, – I mean, you know, coach, you're, as, you're only as good as your talent, the talent around you um, as a coach, right? Well, as a, yes, yes. And that's, and that's the part of it that is, that is understandable. Uh, but what that, that you have to recognize uh, is that yeah, Kyle. So like everything you just said about Kyle is true. He understands, and that's the trick. It's understanding how to get the best out of the players that you have. Uh, I, I've had a lot of people say over the years to me that George Seifert um, is not really. And it's so funny when they talk about the coaches and the great Niners coaches and, and coaches in general. They leave George Seifert out of the mix. Yeah, well, because he, he was the guy after the guy, right? George Seifert was a great coach, not a good coach. He was a great yeah. coach, and his resume says so. And he was a great coach. He he has the hardware to prove it. I mean, as a coordinator, he um, he, he was winning. As a head coach, he was winning. Um, you know, his defenses were always good. He was a defensive coach, and he always had good defenses, and he was a good defensive teacher and all of these things. Um, but – uh, people don't give him credit for understanding to do how to do just what you said. Teach, deal, deal with grown men, deal with with talented grown men, with confident, cocky, alpha, yeah. <laughs> grown men, and get them st- still to hear you, and take the coaching, the teaching, and get the best out of out of them. That's what George was able to do. And even and, and like I told him one day, I, I told him years later, I, I told him I was like, George, thank you. And, and, and he was like, thank you for what? I said, George, I, I and this was years after I had stopped playing. After I had retired. And I said, George, I want I just got to tell you, I want to thank you for this. And I said, I've realized something through the years. I said, I don't know if I did it because of you or in spite of you. But I have to thank you because we wanted the same thing. And that was to get the best out of me. And I said, we did it. I said, so thank you. Yeah. And that, and that was the, that was the thing, because there are some guys who needed a pat on the back. Like Merton. I'll throw your name out there, Merton. I know you're not dead. I know I'm going to talk about when you're dead. But 
But Merton, because it, it just does. Merton was a guy that needed acknowledgement. He, we hell of a player. Hey, that's that's my free safety. He hell of a player. Uh, you know how I feel about him. But Merton, Merton was the guy that needed the affirmation. He pat him on the back when he made a good play. He liked the attention. He wanted the attention. He fed off of it. So George understood that and would give it to him. I didn't need it. I didn't. I didn't need it. I, to, to the point that George understood it to where, I, I mean, there, there would be times after, you know, after we play a game Monday, you go in, game ball presented to whomever. There were times I would walk out and guys would be like, this is your ball, man, here. I remember Ken Norton would do that and the other guys, they'd be like, E, this is like, you damn sure should have gotten the game ball. And it wasn't a big deal. I got plenty of game balls. You know, I mean, guys would be like, that should be yours. That should be because George knew it didn't matter. I, I, the, the guys walking up to me saying, you balled out, you should have gotten it. That's what mattered to me. I wanted the guys to know that I was going to toe the rope. So that's what I'm saying. Going back to the coaching aspect of it, it's understanding the players that you have when you have a good squad like that because everybody can't coach a talented team. Everybody can't get the best out of those guys. That's why you see year in and year out you, – the Cleveland Browns, and you look at the Cleveland Browns, and everyone's like, on paper, this squad is this. Why the hell can't they win a game? It's So that's what I'm talking about. It's understanding how to do that and get the best out of that, to get guys to play up to their talent level, to play above their talent level in some cases. That's what I think Kyle is. That's what I think they've, they've identified. And since you have that, Keep it there. Yeah. Keep it there. Hold yeah. on to it. Hold on to it. Yeah, yeah. Take take the chance. Take the chance of um, – because a lot of people say let a guy – like the coaches, they're going to let a player go a year too soon as opposed to holding on a year too late. That I understand. But when you have your philosophy, you know how I am about that. When you have your philosophy set on this is how we win and it's proven that it worked and it's established and the people believe in it you hold on to that man hold on to you it. don't let that out you don't let that out the building until the the brakes fall off of it until that voice is not being heard anymore until until that belief is not in the locker room that this dude knows what he's talking about no you hold on to that yeah you got to you got to yeah um I, I, Ed, I, I know you got a PSA um, coming up, but I, I, I just wanted to tell everybody I, I got some results in, and uh, they're they're using the promo code. They're they're, they're using the, the the ERIC promo code, and um, there are still a few of you out there though who have not used it. And, and Ed, let let them know why they should use it. They don't they uh, you don't you don't want you don't want to get left out of this. You don't want to uh, miss well, out on this. Well, I'm going to tell you, I mean, just firsthand, I was shaving. I was shaving, which is rare because, I mean, I'm 52 years old. I just don't come from a hairy family. I'm 52 years old, and it's like once a week, maybe every a week and a half to two, I have to shave. That's that's real things. Thank goodness I'm not from a hairy family. But it could be because I do it so rarely that I'm not good at it, and I nick myself. And I was like, this is where – I could use that Manscaped advanced skin safe technology, but they don't have it for your face. But fortunately, that's where this code comes in. This this service announcement that I have, the pubic service announcement I had from, from Manscaped.com is to let you know that 
Millions of balls can be nick free thanks to Manscaped and their advanced skin safe technology. Uh, you can get 20% off plus free shipping if you go to manscaped.com and use the code ERIC. That's 20% off free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code E-R-I-C. And as always, your balls will thank you. I'm telling you, millions of balls can be safe. You don't have to worry about the nicks like you do on your face. And that's a good thing. Trust me. So Colin Kaepernick's name is, has been coming up, obviously. And uh, Roger Goodell, uh, just the other day, I want to say, um, made this announcement that he's, he's quote, in he encourages teams to sign Kaepernick. Um, obviously, this comes off the heels of the about face that he did uh, a week ago, saying, you know, getting in front of the cameras and saying, you know, that the ESP, that saying that the the NFL was going to um, uh, was going to be full fully in support of, of players who wanted to protest this, that, and the mm-hmm. other. Um, and so now he, he's encouraging teams to uh, to sign Kaepernick. Um, Anthony Lynn, Chargers head coach, uh, you know, came out today said that uh, you know teams would be would be crazy um, not to have Kaepernick on their workout list at least this summer. Uh-huh. Um, interesting how this entire thing has has kind of taken a turn here. Uh, how about how how about Kaepernick? Well, I'm sure there's something else you want to say on this. I think Kaepernick to the Chargers <laughs> is very interesting. I know we had talked about uh, perhaps that being a place for for Cam Cameron Newton um, prior to them uh-huh. prior to them dra- uh, prior to the NFL draft, but they they decided to go quarterback in the draft. But I think Cap coming to LA with the Chargers, I think that's an interesting fit. But before we get into that, um, I, what was your initial reaction when you heard when you heard uh, Goodell encouraging teams? Okay. Yeah, and don't forget about Cap to the Chargers because I have something to say about that. But as far as Goodell encouraging teams, um, this is exact. This um, affirmation, affirmation to what I was saying before. Goodell is not giving his opinion. He's not voicing his opinion. Remember, Goodell is the voice of the thirty-two guys in the boys' club. He's the voice of the the ownership group. This is not his voice. He is not speaking on how he feels about anything. So Roger's saying, I, I encourage teams to look at Colin Kaepernick, which is saying the owners have now said, guys, it's okay. I know we know we said before it wasn't. It's okay now. So because of everything remember i told you before the league is extremely reactionary yeah it it, it is I, I mean you know you can you you get something t- um trending um and the nf about the nfl and they they notice be it good or bad they they notice and they immediately want to um put their voice to it and talk about it and and that's the thing that that's happening right now because public the 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 majority is saying hey wait a minute we have to pay attention the energy is still there it hasn't died down the energy is still there saying that this right here these these views need to be looked at 
this social injustice and people that are involved in it and the things that they stood for, it has to be looked at. So since that has to be looked at, the guy that got the NFL into this, you got to pay attention to him. Because you can't come out and say, we need to pay attention to all of this, but let's forget about Cap. So there we go. Because you can't look that way. So now everyone is out there. And I think you and I, when we had our pod after the pod, yeah. we're going to have to start going live. You know what we The, un- the uncut version. Yeah, we're going to have to just start doing it on Instagram live and just and just put the uncut version. Because they know the pod before and after what we are just talking. But we mentioned this before, and I was saying I wasn't sure where he was going to be and, and how, how it was going to be mm-hmm. as far as um, – him wanting to get back into the league, his ability to get back to the league. And I, and I said something like, Cap has nothing to lose now. Before, he did. Um, but now, the way the tide has turned. House um, money. House nationally, money. Nationally, it's house money. Absolutely. Because if he, if he, it, it doesn't matter if before he had to perform well. Um, he had to come in and play like um, Lamar Jackson or Russell Wilson or Patrick Mahomes or, you know, um, Deshaun Watson because he was going to be compared to those guys. And, and Cap's not going to come in and play like that, I, I don't believe. He's not going to be able to play at that level. Um, uh, but now it's house money because it doesn't matter because the sentiment of everything has changed. So he doesn't have to be perfect. It's like he wants his opportunity and like give him his opportunity. So that's where this is right now. So I'm not shocked by it. You can't make someone um, – you can't make a team sign him. That's the part that everyone has to know. Can't make a team sign him. Um, not publicly. Um, no, 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 not publicly. You can't, you, you can't make a team sign him. You, you, just, you just can't do that. You can't make a team put him on the field. Yeah, you, you but, can't, but you can't but do pri- but you can't, privately. That's a whole nother conversation. Well, I mean, private. You could you could say those things. You could say those things, but it's once he's once he's if if he's on your roster, once he's on your roster, that kind of that will take care of itself. You can say you don't want a guy to play, but you can't protect the guy. That's the thing about football. You really can't protect the guy. So you can you can try not to put a guy on the field, but if someone gets hurt, there's nothing you can do. You know what I'm saying? You you could get yourself into a position where you where you either have to get him off your roster, you're gonna have to cut him, or you have to play him. That could easily happen, especially if you're talking about a backup quarterback, because you're only gonna carry so many. Yeah. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So if he if he's on your roster, there's the chance that he's going to have to play. So that's the part of it. But now you you can't you can't say he has to start because there's. Well, no, 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 just, no. Yeah, you can't, you can't say that. You, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. that's what I'm saying. You can't make him play. You can't do that. So, but and you can't make a team sign him. But give him, but to give him an opportunity, to give him a chance to work out, to, to get him back out there, th- they have to say that. Now, also, like I said, giving him an opportunity doesn't mean that you have to sign him. That he's going to be signed. But before he wasn't even being given the opportunity, he was he which. If given the opportunity, someone may look at it and be like, okay, well, he actually is way better than I was expecting. He's way better than what we have, and we need to sign him. Like, well, this we need this. He's better than he's better than what we have. He's he's better than what we thought. Um, I a, a coach looks at him the same way John. I mean, Jim Harbaugh looked at it, and Jim Harbaugh was like, that's the guy that can run my offense. That's why Trent Baalke told me himself personally. When I when I asked him why why cap why did you draft cap I literally 
sitting side by side, talked to him, what, why did you draft him? And his reasoning, Jim was the guy. He, he was like, I had other guys graded higher. There were other guys I was looking at, but Jim said, this is the guy to run my offense. And can't say that he was wrong. <laughs> you know, it worked pretty well between those two. What about him to the Chargers? I think this is fascinating on a couple of different levels because, well, for one, I think you look at fit, right? And and all mm-hmm. Anthony Lynn's been saying this whole offseason is how he and the, and the organization wants a quarterback that can move. There's, mm-hmm. that, there's, there's that component to it. And then there's mm-hmm. the other aspect of it in which um, – and, and I, I don't – in which they're moving into a new stadium and the, yeah. the whole talk this offseason was like you, you need a buzz, right? So first it was Brady. You know, then there was thoughts of, of Cam Newton perhaps, um, somebody that will be able to sell some tickets. Um, you know, I'm not sure if Cap fits that mode, if he can be that guy to sell some tickets, but – um, what 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 are your thoughts about about him to the Chargers and and could he be could he fit that mode like if they sign him is is that going to be a shot in the arm for them when it comes to ticket sales in your opinion um, are you talk about a backup quarterback perhaps? Um, well, number one, Cap's not going to. That's not the place for Cap. And for for all the re- you, and the way you just ended that, you're talking about for a backup quarterback. So that's not going to work because remember uh, the Chargers drafted a quarterback and they got Tarot. And they got and, – and and they not only do they have to rod, see, this is the thing you got to understand about um, Taylor. So they so they got T. Remember, T was what – Anthony Lynn was the offensive coordinator, Buffalo. play caller in Buffalo yeah. when T was winning games and took them to the playoffs. He believes in him. He knows that this guy can run his offense. He knows that this guy can do the things, protect the ball, play within the system, do all the things that he wants, and, fo- and win football games for him. He believes in him. Like, like there are very few people around this league that believe in T- Taylor. This guy does. Why? What I've always tell you, confidence comes from doing. He doesn't have to question and wonder whether or not T can do those things. He's seen him do it. He's done it with them. So he believes in him. Now, the other quarterback. The rookie that you got in, you know you drafted him to be your starter. So this guy's going to take the other reps. This is the guy you're going to be giving your attention to. This is the guy that you are that you have no choice as a head coach, as a GM. You have no choice but to get this guy ready to play. Everybody knows that. Um, Taylor knows that, that this guy has to get the reps. There's no room in the end for Cap. So could he be a shot in the arm and all those things? Does he fit in the system and all of that? Yes. Could this be something that if one of those quarterbacks goes, do you work him out? Yes, because everything else about the system, the mobile quarterback, all this stuff, um, Anthony Lynn liking him and always liking him as a player, all of that is true. So that's if something happens to those first guys. That's why you, you're you always going to do your due diligence. Who gets signed first, uh, Cam Newton or Colin Kaepernick? Oh, Cam. Cam. Cam's going to get signed as soon as he can go and into a workout because there's 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 no uh, other baggage. There, there's there's it's just it's, it's about football. It's about football and his personality. And that that's it. It's not about it's not about the outside peripheral stuff with cap. Anybody signing cap is going to be concerned with all the other because signing cap is not the issue. Cutting cap is going to be your issue. So you have to so, that, so those are the things that you got to think about. 
And there, there's there's the t- the Tebow effect too, right? In in a sense that your your backup quarterback's gonna be doing interviews, um, and some 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 organizations well, yes no. some organizations aren't gonna be cool with that. Um, well, yes and well, yes and yes and no. Well, I don't, I don't know if the organization actually cares about that. People always say that that's a big deal. It's not a big deal. This dude, it, it it's only people all the time talk about these. Um, Talk about the distractions. Distraction, you, young players maybe, yeah, but veteran players, it's not a distraction if you're asking another guy a question. It's a distraction if I have to constantly ask questions about, uh, answer questions about that guy. I told you one of the most annoying things ever is when someone calls you on to, to do an interview and they say, "Hey, hey, tell me what was it like playing with so and so." What, what, hey man, what, what, what's Jerry like? How, what, tell me about Dion. What about Ronnie Lott? And I love these guys, and I'll tell them, like, guys, that's great, but you know what? The next time, call Ronnie. Call Jerry. Call Prime. Seriously. And I mean, like, and I just tell them, like, not, like, no disrespect, but I guarantee you that they can tell you better stories about themselves than I can. So, that, so that's the thing. That's all that happens when you're constantly asking, being asked questions about this other guy. Things like, but that's not going to happen. So if the backup quarterback is being asked questions about himself, if he's answering questions about himself and his feelings and things that he's doing, that doesn't affect me at all. But, but the, I mean, and, but like you said, the people in the in the locker room are going to have to answer those questions about him, though. You know, um, like, it, but but how, like like, no, like no, how but, how how much are you? You know, how, how much are you willing to get involved with, with Kaepernick and things that he's doing off the field? What, what's his presence been like here around the locker room? You know, how's, those, but, how's but his football acumen? Like, is he in but football? But those shit? questions, but no, but listen to me. That, that's that's one interview. That's, that's what I'm saying. People, like, you act like it's going to happen every single day. That's one interview. You can't ask me every day. And see, that's 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 an everyday thing, a, a weekly thing. A, you know, twice when, when, I'm, when I'm doing these meetings and I'm having to talk to these people. When you're asking me all the time about it, but you can't ask me every day what's it like having Cap and Eric and having Cap in the locker room. And true, like true. Idiot. But if Cap is talking all the time, like if he if he if he has a weekly presser, which is uh-huh. somewhat unprecedented as a backup quarterback, but if he if he has a weekly presser, right, he's going to say uh-huh. he more more chances are he's going to he's going to say something right that's going to ignite something right that, so that, um, that maybe one, not one of those writers i mean it doesn't it, I'm, I'm not talking about anything polarizing i'm just talking about a story like a writer has a story for that day that he or she has to get done right so that uh-huh. that is going to prompt some questions to some other people in that locker room that, that that's just how that's just how it's going to work and like and like i just told you that's really easy it's not just it's like for a young player if you choose to get in that for for an older player, for for me, I'm just gonna speak for me. Ask Cap. Hey, there he is. Then you just ask Cap what he's gonna be doing this weekend, or what he's gonna be doing in his speech, or how he feels about what just happened in Minnesota. Ask Cap. I don't I don't have to I don't have to speak for Cap. That has nothing to do with me. Cap's feelings on something. You can ask me my feelings about something, and I can tell you, and or, and I can or I can choose to not answer. It's not that difficult. So, so that's what I'm saying. It's not that difficult. And and there's the assumption that he's going to have a weekly presser. He's going to he's going to do the Tebow thing. Just because someone asks you to talk, you don't have to. You're not obligated to do it. Like there are certain players that are obligated to talk to the press. The backup quarterback is not one of them. One of them. The, the starting quarterback has to talk. But the backup quarterback does not have to talk. 
And I'm kind of looking at it. For four years, Cap hasn't said a whole lot. Why do you think all of a sudden he's going to say, let me get in front of this podium and tell everybody everything I'm thinking every single day? If Cap wanted to tell people something right now, there is not a news outlet. There is not a there is not a news outlet on planet Earth from, from CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, local news, um, every sports channel. You, you think about it. The BBC, there's not there is not a news outlet, a medium out there, be it digital, whatever, that if Cap said, I want to talk, they wouldn't say, OK, I've, I've never been there in the position where like cap will be a distraction and guys can't play with him. I was like, because I'm like, guys, I was there. I saw it. Got He was, he was on a football team and he was kneeling and the guys were playing. They were okay. We got Matt Moore coming up. Uh, Matt Moore coach Colton McKivitz at West Virginia the last few years. He, he was the offensive, he's the offensive line coach there. And so we'll give you some insight to what the 49ers offensive line would look like. Also, don't forget, we'll give you our top five uh, head coach and GM duos as well. But we'll have more coming up on the other side of the break. But first, this from our sponsors. Angie's list is now Angie. And caring for your home just got easier. Whether you need help with routine maintenance or a dream remodel, Angie makes it easy to see reviews, compare quotes, and connect with top local pros who can get the job done right. Plus, you can see upfront pricing and instantly book hundreds of projects. No phone tag, just the work you need done at a time that works for you. Angie's got your to-do list covered from start to finish. Book your next home project today at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Pleased now to be joined by West Virginia assistant head coach and offensive line coach Matt Moore. He coached. Colton McKivitz during his time as a Mountaineer coach. Thanks so much for joining us here on the Believe in 49ers podcast. Uh, before we get started, uh, wanted to check in with you, see how how things were going uh, on your end, how you guys are, how you kind of maneuvering through the pandemic, and, and you and your family are well. Uh, we're we're doing well. Uh, we got to spend a lot of time together as a family, which you know, in this profession, you know, you're always fighting for that family time. It's been really nice uh, to to be able to spend a bunch of time together as a family. So we're doing well. Awesome. Great great to hear. Uh, so you coach Colton McKivitz, uh, fifth-round pick of the Niners uh, during this, this last April's draft. Um, give us a little a little insight into what, what Niners fans can expect in terms of what they're going to get out of him. There's already been uh, some pretty high expectations for him coming in, uh, considering how John Lynch has drafted offensive linemen in the past and, and his versatility. Uh, but but from your time working with him, what what, what do you foresee uh, him bringing to the Niners organization? Well, yeah, the, the number one thing with Colton is just work ethic. He, he's very blue-collar, comes from a blue-collar family. Um, and just really, he's a kid. He's a kid that he signed here at West Virginia, and he, and he came in, and, and he was under-recruited, but then uh, really – Worked his way into being a draft pick at the offensive line. Junior year didn't didn't have a whole lot of accolades. Uh, came in his last year and really really worked hard to get himself and get his body where it needed to be. He ended up being Big Twelve line of the year. Uh, you know, obviously combine draft all that stuff. So really, just blue collar hard work is the biggest thing. And he's he's very versatile. Um, he's played. Uh, He's played guard. He's played tack, right tackle. He's played left tackle. 
So uh, I, he's a very versatile player, a really smart guy that's going to really just – he's going to do what it takes. He's going to get put the work in. He can take care of his body. Uh, and he's, I think I think he's going to be a multi-year uh, starter. Hey, Coach, you talk about Colton's um, versatility, which is a really good thing to have in the NFL, but it can also be a curse when you can bounce around and be that utility guy. Sometimes you don't get locked into a position. So with that versatility, what do you see as as being his best position moving forward? You know, uh, I, I think he's going to end up being a really good guard. I think uh, – you know, that was one thing with you guys, with the, with the Niners, as well as they run the outside zone. And actually, mm-hmm. the, the assistant line coach of the 49ers played for me at Troy. Uh, and so he and I talked a lot. And you guys, you know, I, I love the way that your outside zone is scheme to run. And I think he'll really fit into that outside zone because he can really run. He's really smart. He understands angles. And he plays really hard. He's a high-effort guy that's going to be downfield making blocks. So I think that's where he's going to fit in. Uh, from my opinion, for you guys. Matt Moore, West Virginia assistant head coach and offensive line coach, joining us here on the Believe in 49ers podcast. Coach, um, coming out, you go through the combine, and it seems like when guys go to the combine, they just want to tear them down, right? And, and the one thing about uh, <laughs> Colton about <laughs> one thing about Colton was his arms, right? <laughs> all of a sudden, his arms weren't, weren't long enough. Um, uh, what, what did you make of all that? You know, as he kind of went through the combine and went went through the draft process, hearing hearing some of those things, and and how did did you see it at all affect his play um, at, at uh, West Virginia? I mean, I, I knew that he didn't have prototypical tackle arms, but what I saw him do in the Big Twelve conference in West Virginia is I I saw him be a smart enough player to adapt his. Uh, his style of play or his skill or the way he used his hands, he adapted himself into where like, Hey, I know I can't play this way because my arms aren't long enough. So I'm going to get really good at catch technique. He did a great job with his catch technique, which is really, you're taking your hands instead of straight punching, you're kind of going underneath and catching underneath the armpits. Uh, he was really good at, at getting, you know, cause people see that and they're trying to long arm him all the time to ends. And he was really good at knocking the hand down and showing his hands early. He, he, he knew how to, and that, to me, that's what makes him a professional is he knew his shortcomings. So he worked really hard on how to overcome that. He, you know, he spent a lot of time last summer with some, uh, with some trainers, uh, some NFL type guys that helped him through that stuff and helped him learn some of those techniques to use to when that DN says, okay, I got longer arms than this guy. How am I going to beat him? And, uh, you know, I saw him take his technique to another level. Of, of trying to overcome his his shortcomings. Yeah, that's a great thing to have. You that that's that is being a pro when you just talked about that knowing your shortcomings and moving forward. Now, how much of that did he take upon himself to seek out someone uh, that has worked with professionals to help him work on his game? How much of that was you? How much of that was self motivated and and seeked out by himself? Well, you know, a lot of it was he and I having conversations and understanding where the shortcoming was because he didn't, he didn't quite see that early on. And I was like, look, man, you know, I've coached NFL. I've, I've been very fortunate enough to coach some NFL guys that, that play in the league and they, you know, they're prototypical tackles uh, that have really long arms. And I said, you don't have those long arms. I said, but you got to understand how to use them. And he's like, well, what do I do coach? And I said, okay, we're going to get you hooked up with this guy over the summer. You're going to go meet with him. You're going to talk with him and, and you're going to work on this technique. So, once he knew 
and he trusted me and he knew what he needed to do. It was, it, I mean, he went and did it. It was no more. I was out of the picture. He went and took care of it. Spent, spent uh, a week last summer with a guy and really, really helped him really change his game. Nice. Matt Moore joining us here on the Believe in 49ers podcast. Uh, his athleticism. This is a guy who was uh, a really good basketball player in high school. And, and I love to hear stories like that. And, and you kind of see him sprinkle throughout the draft. I, I do a, you know, a lot of work with high schools and, and junior college sports uh, out here in California. And, and you start to see kids get specialized so early. But but for this guy to, to be able to be a basketball player, um, you know, during his high school year and then and then coming in and, and playing for you, obviously, at West Virginia. Um, you know, how, how was his athleticism being, being uh, put on showcase for you? You know, really, really great control of his feet. Doesn't have the just the super fast feet, but he's got really, really nice control of his feet. And I think that's the basketball really helped him with that, with his body control and control of his feet. Um, so that that was really – and, you know, the biggest thing is, like, a lot of times when guys come over, they play basketball when they're young so much, and they come over to football, it's all about the athleticism, and there's usually not that just nasty streak in him. But, I mean, that's one thing he has is he's a really physical player, really likes to finish blocks, really likes to go high effort, high intensity, uh, you know, finishing blocks. So, you know, that's the one thing you don't always get when you turn a guy from basketball to football. But, yeah, I think athletic-wise, it's it's body control and control of his feet are the, are the two biggest things that you stand. He's not super – he's not going to run a sub-540. He's not going to – but he's got great control and, and really uh, twitchy in small spaces. I was waiting for that, Coach. I was waiting for you to talk about the nasty, and you gave it to <laughs> us. <laughs> I was go- You know what? I was just about to say something when I heard you talking about that because athleticism – control all of those things are great in a locker room but you and I both know offensive linemen are either really quiet and nasty or they are practical jokers silly and nasty uh, which personality can you can that diner locker room oh, expect from Colton no doubt the quiet he's gonna be the, he's the silent killer he's gonna sit over there and not and only gonna speak when he's spoken to he's not gonna be out of line he's gonna be super respectful but then when he gets out there he's gonna he's gonna go hard you know and that's that's his personality he's he's not a big talker he's not gonna you know he's a guy I'd rather be uh he'd rather be uh duck hunting or uh, turkey hunting uh you know doing something like that as opposed to sitting around and, and talking so he's definitely the silent killer type got it okay so he will not be taking the place of um joe staley no. Just, just, no. just trying, just trying to see who's going to be that character. It won't be Colton. It won't, okay, it won't be Colton. But he's going to bring, but he's going to bring the nasty. He's bringing the nasty, as, as we've learned There's from Coach no Moore. Hey, Coach, we we really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, I know, I know you got a bunch going on here, and uh, you know balancing the family life, and and still trying to figure out which which you guys are going to do out there at West Virginia in the Big Twelve. Once you know you get your players and everything back, but uh, really appreciate you taking the time here and, and shedding some insight uh, on Colton. You're you're welcome, guys. Good luck. Yeah. Hey. Good luck to you guys. Uh, thanks a lot for joining us. Yes, sir. Thank you. Okay, Ed. So. Listening to Coach there, a couple things stood out to me, and one thing was relationships. And uh-huh. this has kind of been a theme of sorts with some of these coaches that we've talked to. Um, Matt Moore, 
saying, you know, he coached Zach Yenser, who's you know, offensive line coach with the Niners now. He coached him previously. So they, they got that relationship there. And so the Niners obviously able to get some intel from coach there as it relates to Colton McKivitz. Um But also remember uh, the the whole Herm Edwards and, and John Lynch dynamic, right, that, that uh-huh. gave them some insight in, into B.A., um, it's it's interesting how these relationships are starting are 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 that have formed have really had a huge emphasis on on the Niners draft. Um, uh, relationships are everything um, in the league. You don't get into coaching without having a relationship with someone on a staff. Um, having a relationship with an organization, you don't, you don't just, you, you, you can't just fill out an application and get one of those jobs. It's you get, you get into the, you get into the building because someone wants you there. Uh, so when, so because these relationships are built and they start to spread as guys move around to different staffs, whenever you have someone that you have that personal relationship with, you're going to trust them because you know that you're going to get what it's really like about a player. You're going to get exactly the way they work, who they are, um, who they were, who they have a chance of becoming. And you're going to trust it because you and, and that's all it is. At the end of the day, you still have to make your own evaluation of it and you have to decide yay or nay. But again, all of these decisions, it's just an opinion. Like I always say, it's just an opinion, but it's got to be based in some fact. You know, that some, something had to lead you to that conclusion Something had to create that opinion, and that's what these guys do. They they go to people that that's, that you go to people that you know. It whenever possible, whenever possible, and, and you're gonna go to someone that you think isn't a quack. If you think a guy's a quack just because you worked with him, you're not gonna ask him. As, a, <laughs> as you know, you're gonna you're gonna ask like 18 other people other than the guy that you think that is a quack. And there are guys that work in the business that are quacks that people know that they are quacks. Um, I can name a few, but I won't do that. <laughs> we won't do that. I, we'll, I won't do that. We'll, Not today. We'll, we'll we'll save that for the uh, for the uncut version. Yeah, we um, can do that. We can do that later. Um, yeah. So McKivitz is, is interesting in the sense that his entire career he played tackle. He started every game at left tackle last season as a as a fifth year senior at West Virginia. His his entire career in college he played uh, tackle, either left or right tackle. Um, Matt Moore says he thinks he's a guard. I don't know. A lot of people project him to be a guard, but it's the versatility, though, however, that shines through. Um, you know, he can play pretty much anywhere on that offensive line. But you made a, a good point that I thought was interesting to coach in the sense that um, it's kind of the jack-of-all-trades, master-of-none thing, right? Like mm-hmm. being – sometimes, you know, be, being able to do so many things can be a hindrance um, yeah, in the league, it's a curse. If you're a tweener, it can be a curse. Yeah, yeah. How, how have you seen that th- through your career? How have you seen that transpire in terms oh, of well, guys, I mean, you know, kind of being, I guess, dealt with that curse, so to speak? Um, well, when when you see a guy, um, let me let me give let me give a guy um, a Dexter Carter. Dexter Carter. Um, Dexter Carter is a guy that I can look at from from a Niner standpoint. You know, you bring him in, and he's he is he he's not a wide receiver. He's a little too small to be a running back. Um, you don't you want him? He's your first rounder, so you want him to be more than just a returner. But where do you play him? 
because of the size and speed, it, it, it doesn't work. He's not there. You have to figure out something. Lee Woodall, and it, he's a guy that it, it, they had to figure it out. Lee Woodall was a safety. He came in, he was a safety, but once he got to the league, he wasn't, he wasn't fast enough, quick enough to really cover guys in space and do the things that were necessary, the backpedaling, all these things. And then at that, he wasn't big enough to really be a linebacker. So he, they tried to, you know, they tried to work him. And then eventually it was like, okay, you are going to play outside linebacker and you are going, to, you're going to have to gain the weight. You're going to have to do it. And you, you're going to have to figure out how to play this position, how, how to handle that position. Um, uh, uh, because you can, it can, it can affect really how how you develop as a player when you don't have a chance to work on your skill set each and every day. Now, that's the part that people don't understand. You literally have to work on your skill set, and that's how it was. It was every day: the footwork, the hand placement, the eye placement. It's every single day you're working on those things. When you're, it's the, it's the whole adage I tell people. You know, people talk about playing two positions in the league and guys being, you know, gifted enough to do it. I was like, guys, I'm, I'm every, every DB in the league could play wide receiver. You could, you could flip it over and you know, you're talented. Every DB, every corner in the league is, is talented enough to play wide receiver. He physically gifted enough to play wide receiver. Um, and most of the, most of the wide receivers could play DB. The issue is not being, being able to do it. The issue is having enough time to, to prep, and do all the things mentally that are necessary so the coach feels comfortable enough to allow you to play. That's the thing because there's so much involved in it. So I'm, so I'm, I'm trying to look at some other guys that I looked at that, that are just tweener. Oh, I, I'll give you, you know, um, what was his name? Um, Michael Sam. Was that his, was it not the, yeah, the, Sam, the, 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 uh, the, the guy from the, Missouri, the, from Missouri. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. so, so coming out and, and, and that was the thing. In, and he, in, he, uh, in he the, led the sec in sacks. He led the sec in sacks. Absolutely. And, and that was the when when he was coming in, that was one thing I said about, it. I was like, it's going to be tough for him when everyone was talking about, uh, you know, because of all the, everything that was going on at the time, it was like, you got to sign him and all this stuff. And he's got to be on a team. And I was like, guys, it's going to be very hard for him to make a team just looking at football. Because he's a tweener, he wasn't he wasn't big enough to play defensive end. He wasn't fast Not enough, fast quick enough, enough to, to play, play line, to play linebacker yeah. in in the league and to play in space. He couldn't do those things. Um, so what he was good at, it wasn't going to happen. It's it's like being it's like being a six four power forward in at, at a small college. Uh, yeah. So you you're, be, you're, you're special. What you specialize in isn't going to transfer necessarily to this level to the, to the next level yeah. that's the issue so that's the issue with being a tweener it's like yeah you can come around and you can fill a lot of spots but no one ever looks at you as the guy that we're going to build around because uh, well yeah you can come in for a few reps but we don't know if physically can you hold up at this position and if you can't do that then you don't get to play Merton Hanks the corner, like he came in the corner, but it was like, ah, let's 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 get you in another position because we think you can be better at that position. They're right. He, he Merton was in a corner. Tell him all the time, save your career. You better be glad I got healthy because <laughs> <laughs> because you, you were about to get cut because I got hurt. He had to play corner, and I was like, dude, if I hadn't come back that next year, you you were done. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but so and, and that's that's the thing when you and that's how Merton came in. It, it was a tweener. They didn't know where he wanted to play because, I mean, you know, he was six two and some chains and one hundred and sixty five pounds. So, you know, he was just long and skinny. So it's like he can't play safety. We've got to put him at corner. But he wasn't a corner because he just didn't have the move. He didn't move like a corner. There wasn't. So so that's what I mean. It's like, how do we do this? It's like, OK, you are you actually are a safety. So that's that's the issue with being a tweener, a, a coach. It, it it's it's very very hard if you can't just fit into a slot, fit into a spot, uh, because it's hard to plan. If they you know, and, and that's just how it is. If if a coach doesn't think you can hold up, when I give you the, when I give you this opportunity to play this position, you got to hold up at it because if you don't hold up. I'm not sure where to play you because they start to run out of ideas on how to fit you in, in and implement it. So you, the last thing you want to be looked at is a backup. That's the thing. Everyone is put on the team with the belief that they can start. There's, there's no reason to keep a guy on the team that you don't think can be on the field as the starter. Getting into the, getting into the tweener niche automatically designates you as a guy who's not a starter. Make sense? Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. Um, let's get into our special thanks to Coach Moore, of course, for, for joining us. Um, gave us some good stuff on, on Colton. Uh, let's get into top five GM head coach duos. Uh, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll go five, go five to one. Okay. We um, gotta, we gotta, we have to rank them. Uh, yeah, well, I ranked my five. You, okay. You, you can, rank your you, five. Yeah, you know, I, I, you, I hate putting labels on it, man, because yeah. there's so many different things, but you go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Then, and you can tell me how wrong I am, all right? So no, here we go. No, you're never wrong, <laughs> nor would I ever do that. Not me, no. No. Uh, all right, here we go. Number five, uh, John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan. Uh, you look at what they've done over the last couple years, uh, made the argument they're probably a little bit ahead of schedule. Um, what they inherited completely. Complete roster overhaul. So you look at the construction, you look at the young talent, the synergy among those two, um, and, and the, the their decision making, uh, which I think is key for any GM and, and head coach uh, tandem. Um, so I got them at number five on my list. Uh, okay, okay, got it. N- number four, Mickey Loomis, Sean Payton. Uh, longevity, right? Fifteen years in the game together. Um, oh, you know what? Let me jump in so we don't so we don't just go through yours and go through mine. So I'll, right. I'll just, so let's discuss that. So Kyle Shanahan and and um and John Lynch and John Lynch, Kyle and Kyle and John. You know, I had a hard time looking at. The, I put them up there, but they're not in my top five. Really? No, not yet. They're not in the top five yet. Um, I love everything that they're doing. It's funny um, you say that because I I was I was tinkering when I when I first thought about this I was like oh they're easily top three right and I started a little more a little more a little more and I was like eh, and I was kind of debating when I was like well no nah, they got yeah. they got to be top five but no that's that's very interesting all right okay yeah okay so but now as far as Mickey Loomis Sean Payton they are there you go they are definitely in mind uh, you talk about longevity you talk about championship play you talk about sustained um, sustained success, and that's that's the key to this. It's about sustained success. A GM's job is the ongoing good of the team. 
the head coach's um, job is to win right now. That is the perfect combination. Both of these guys are extremely good at doing their job. Loomis makes certain that with the contract situations, with the trades and the drafts and all this stuff, he's giving Sean what's necessary year in and year out, and he has a track record of doing it um, to be successful. And Sean has shown that when you give me the groceries, I will prepare a very nice meal. So, yeah, they are they are on my list. I said, you know, you can rank them, but I'll let you know whether or not they're on my list. They're on my list. All right. So, the, the, so they're number four on my list. Uh, okay. Number three, Pete Carroll, John Schneider. Uh, look at the longevity again. They've been together since 2010. Uh, like Loomis and Peyton, they also got a Super Bowl. Should have mm-hmm. had, should have two. In all mm-hmm. honesty, um, but, mm-hmm. but what they've been able to do there in Seattle, and they they reformed that roster and are still amongst the elite in the NFC West and, and, and NFC for 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 that matter. They're kind of on the Seahawks version, maybe 2.0, if you will. You know, after uh, coming off those Super Bowl runs, um, uh, they are on. Yeah, I'm with you on right. mine. On mine as well. They're in my top five, and rightfully so. You said it. Um, um, again, uh, longevity has been there. Um, championship pedigree is there. Perennial contender is there. I don't think you look at – I can't remember the last time you looked at a Seattle Seahawks team and said they don't have a chance of winning a championship. Yeah. That's just not a part of it. And that's that's with the Legion of Boom there. That's with guys going. That's before. you, you that Once this squad started building – it has been uh, it has been a championship caliber team, and, and I think you have to pay attention to that. And the drafting of Russell Wilson on the same offseason, basically that they signed. What was the kid, the guy's name? Was it Flynn? Who's the kid? Yeah, guy? it was Flynn. Yeah, yeah, Matt Flynn. Yeah, and he was supposed mm-hmm. they gave him that money. He was supposed to be the starter, and they 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 find uh they find Russ Wilson and and we that's the last we ever heard yeah. of Flynn. You know what? I you can go back and find plenty of things that I was wrong about and I'll say I was wrong and tell you why. But one thing that I was right about, I was on the record preseason saying Russell Wilson was going to be the starter and he was going to be a star. I was on the on the record saying it. Nice. But I saw when I saw him play, I talked to Pete, I saw him play, I started watching what he was doing and I was like this is there are some people that peak in high school. Some people peak in college. Some guys don't peak until they hit the pros. They haven't played their best because of the systems that they're playing in and, more importantly, the people that they're playing with and around against. Yeah, Your game is suited, and you are suited to play that type of game. And I, and I just saw that in him. And I, and I said that this was, this was preseason. This was after his second preseason game. Yeah, he was he. I I liked him when he was at NC State, prior to him even going to Wisconsin. Then he went to Wisconsin and 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 had that great year there. But I I remember I was covering UCLA at the time when when it came up that he was going to be a grad transfer, and that was somewhat of the the buzz around Westwood. They were hoping that they would you know have a, a shot to get uh, mm-hmm. to get that guy, and he ended up going to Wisconsin and it worked out for him. Um, number two. Uh, Brett Veach, Andy Reid. Uh, obviously, they just won a Super Bowl. You look what they've done in the draft. I think the draft. I know he hasn't played it down yet, but the drafting of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire loved that draft pick at the end of mm-hmm. the first round in in this last draft. Uh, I think the free agent. I, I think the acquisition of a uh, of Frank Clark last offseason was immensely huge for that defense and, and kind of changing you know the mindset of, uh, of theirs a little bit. Um, and and Andy Reid. 
I mean, you can. I mean, he kind of wears the GM hat too, you know, so to speak. Yeah. So, um, but you know, what, what he's able to to do with with the groceries, as you call them, and then and it all transfers to the field. Um, he's. I mean, you look at Mahomes, right? Who who saw who who knew of Patrick Mahomes? Like, I watched a good amount of college football and could not have told you that this kid would would end up being this good. Um, but they've. They've 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 done they've done well, um, and obviously Andy Reid finally winning this winning his first Super Bowl uh, on a what has already been a, a prolific career for him. Are they on your list? Oh, uh, yes, definitely. Okay. They're they're on my list. Everything you just said about him, I don't even have to repeat it. But um, I I told someone the other day. I, I said it, it's funny that uh, people don't view Andy Reid um, as being the coach that he is. And I was like, Andy Reid is not a good coach. Andy Reid is a great coach. Yes. Uh, and, and I, because I said the, the one thing that he doesn't get credit for is being the assassin that he is. And they were like, what do you mean? I said, I know he looks all jolly. I said, but Andy Reid tries to get defensive coordinators fired just like Sean Payton. Yeah. I said, he has no problem putting 50 up on you. I said, that's his mindset is that he is going to go get you. And I said, he has this, reputation and for some reason people view him in this persona persona like he's this nice easy going um you know what we're just gonna let the game come to us i said he is in attack mode from the time the game starts and i was like like just pay attention to the way his offenses play uh, but no one gives him credit for that that's, i was like he's a he's a really good coach that's funny you say that because i don't know that i realized that until the super bowl in all honesty, there are a couple of, and I and part of my thinking was like, all right, it's the Super Bowl, so you know he's gonna roll the dice here a little bit. But there, there was some some pretty gutsy calls in that Super Bowl, fourth down calls, uh, him just really, you know, just kind of kind of going for it. Um, and, and so it, it made me, kind of made made me look at him uh in a different light. Um, mm-hmm. number one, uh, I don't know, this may be cheating. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but, yeah. but uh this list would be criminal um if 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 this uh if this tandem in, in quotes uh weren't on there um Bill Belichick gets along very well with his GM um they they're in good synergy because it, it it's, it's himself really well and, well I was and, about to say yeah who <laughs> yeah, so that's that's the thing about that one cuz you know that's when you did this list I said well I'm not going to put numbers on it but I was like number 1 is Bill Belichick it, it and whoever be, right? whoever is the pseudo person, yeah. I, and it is, this is the way I look at it: is Bill Belichick and whoever he confers with with on decision making within that building for the last twenty years. So that's who, that's the best tandem right there. So whoever, because Bill is the so called acting pseudo GM there. No one has the title. His title is head coach. He doesn't have head coach slash GM. He's a head coach, but whoever that other person has been, you know, it's probably Scott Pioli for a while. I mean, there are probably a lot of different names we can go through there through the years, but whoever that is, that's, that's obviously been the best in this era. Yeah. 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 I, 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 it has to be, I mean, Bill and Patriots have been the standard for the league. I don't know, probably last Twenty years. Two, twenty years. I, I, yeah. I'd say. Um, yeah. Last twenty years. Yeah. A, a, yeah. Eleven straight division titles. Um. I mean, yeah. you know, they all, had, they all, had the, all they the, had the run that the Niners did. That's the yeah. that's the only team that that can remotely. Um. That's that's the only one. I don't want to hear from Pittsburgh. I don't want to hear from anyone else. That's that's the only team that can remotely 
talk about the rain that the Niners had because I mean there was there was a 20 25 year period in there where this team legitimately had a chance. The Niners had a chance of winning a Super Bowl every single year. Not, didn't do it, but but just like the Patriots, every single year every you had an opportunity. Year. You were that good for yeah. for for you know two and a half decades, and the Patriots are there. So we didn't talk yeah. about this, but I'm glad you said it. Um, Lynch and Shanahan wouldn't be in your top five. No, um, they wouldn't how, be in my top five. Uh, I would put, what what I mean, would how how could they get in your top five? Is it a, is it a matter of longevity? What 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 would what would promote well, yeah, that's them? That's a part of it. Yeah. That's a, longevity is definitely a part of it. I mean, okay, so we we you look at this right now. Uh, truth being told, I mean, we're we're talking. We started this off talking about the new contract. We started this off talking about um um uh, where we believe the team is going. Realize where we believe they are going. Um. Um, right now, Kyle Shanahan has a losing record as a head coach. This, this, that's a real thing. <laughs> so, a so, real that's, thing. so that's what I'm saying. We can't, <laughs> you can't act thing. like you can't act like those things didn't happen. So, so that's. I mean, I, I, I would, I, I, I would put Kevin Colbert and Mike Tomlin ahead of them. They were, they're, uh, they're my honorable mention. Yes. Yeah. I mean, Colbert. To, to I, I mean, Colbert and Tomlin. You look at this. You, I mean, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers win every year they are contenders every year Mike Tomlin figures out whether his quarterback is hurt whether his star defensive players are hurt whether there's drama what no matter what going goes on he finds a way to keep that team in contention and they never have losing seasons yeah the fact that that team they went always, eight and eight last season is they get players they get players and it, you know you get Plexico birds and then you know okay well we got Heinz Ward well you know what we're gonna get Mike Wallace well, we're gonna go get. Um, we're we're gonna go. I can't. Um, Santana Moss. Oh, that, we're yeah. gonna go get. We're gonna go. We're gonna go get A B. We're we're gonna. You just keep develop. They develop players at every position. It, it's 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 one of those deals where they they identify them. They groom them in the secondary. You you, you find all these guys, linebacker positions, pass rushers on offense, linemen, running backs, all these things. They they find a way to continue doing it. They've done it for such a long time. They have a championship pedigree. They are always contenders to win a championship. That right there, I can't I can't say that one good season. And realize it's the Niners. Like we, we started off, so I've already said how I feel about them. I think everything is right, but I can't put one good season over decades of sustained proof. So that's that's what I'm saying right now. I would put them ahead. I, hear you. I I really would. If I'm gonna go with a if I'm gonna go with a younger group, I would I could possibly make an argument for um Howie Roseman and Doug Peterson. I could make an yeah, argument. They were. I don't know if I would necessarily put them over there, but I, I I I I mean I could put a slash between those two and um John L and Kyle. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so I had, I had both of them at like six or seven. On, on, on my, on, on my, hey, that, see, those see, were, I, they were, they were the first. If there was, if it's like the NCAA tournament, first two, you know, looking, looking in or whatever, the yeah, I, it, it would have been. It, so, would, it was those. So two. you know what I'm saying. So there, there's the argument. Then I mean, and I could also throw in Eric DeCosta, John Harbaugh. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I thought I, could, I thought I, he was a little too new for me. That's why I I left him off. Cause Ozzy I could, been I, Ozzy been there forever, you know. Yeah, so, Ozzy Ozzy Ozzy's been there forever, but this guy's also been in the room helping make decisions. So so that's you know that that so I I, I get it, and and that's why that's why I wouldn't 
I, I wouldn't throw them on there, but I mean that's that's that, you know they have to go in my honorable mentions. But but I that that's that's why I'm saying I, the ones you named I, I would go, but I but I kind of like I said you know Roseman and Peterson, that's a maybe. Um, no question, I would put um, Colbert, Colbert and, and Tomlin. Tomlin. Yeah, no, no question, I'd I'd put them in front. I hear you. You know, those, you know, but but it's subjective. I, I mean, I, I I would definitely put Peyton and, and and Mickey Loomis in front. Um, Belichick is a no-brainer. Schneider and Pete Carroll, they've just shown they they've just shown that they know how to do it right. It's it's so funny, like a different system, you know, different different way of doing things when it's your philosophy you believe in it and you settle in on it and build around it it can be successful yeah you know that's 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 the teams that we're talking about pittsburgh um kansas city new england um um new orleans all do it differently if you think about the way they play uh, the way they build their teams, all of it, it's it's different, but all extremely successful. So that so that's that's so back to our Niners and it's a it, it's a process. It's a process. So everybody, don't hate when I say they're not a top five. It's it's it takes time. It takes time. It takes sustained success. Um, as of right now, we like we all love them. Go back to what I said. We all love what happened with this team, where they are, the direction that they are going in. But as of right now, um, Kyle hasn't won a championship. And he has a losing record as a head coach. So he's not the greatest Niners coach of all time. I know we, I know everybody wants to believe that right now, but he's not. He's not. He's not Bill Walsh. I saw someone put that picture out where they have, you know, Bill Walsh like they like on the knee where he was talking to Joe. They got Kyle sitting down and someone photoshopped him talking oh, to him. And yeah, I saw that. And I was, that, let's not get I, ahead of ourselves, folks. I, I saw that one and I was like, so I was like, so y'all just go bypass um, George Seifert. <laughs> well, you say you. The thing about George Seifert is he. They always say don't be the guy after the guy, right? Um, and so he. It, I don't think. I think he walked into a situation where I'll like, just say it, it. it was everyone think everybody every, thinks he walked into a ready-made team and anyone could have done what he did. Exactly. Yeah, like people it was like if he people if if he didn't do what he did, it would have been considered a failure. Like everybody just expected him to have the success that he had. Man, and I agree with you. I mean, it's not like it just doesn't work out that way, you know what I mean? Like, well, this is this is what I, I tell everyone. It, everybody says anyone could have done it. No, anyone could have screwed it up. Absolutely, anyone could have screwed it up. If you don't think if you don't think I'm telling the truth, what happened when George left? It got it got screwed up. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Any, anybody could have screwed it up. The Niners' belief system, the the standard didn't change. The guys in that locker room didn't. It didn't change afterwards. There were guys that were there. By and all those guys, they were in there when I was in there. You know, Junior Bryant and all those guys, they were there. It it, it didn't change. It said somebody. You know, it came in and it got screwed up. So um, it, it's not it's not as easy as everyone thinks. So back to Shanahan, and that's what I'm saying right now. I get it. I understand the excitement. I'm just as excited. 
but you know how I tend to just look at both sides of the table. And that's all I'm looking at right now. So that's, that's why I'm saying I can't say this is the top, this is a top five combination in the league because they, they don't have anything to substantiate that. Yeah. These other ones have a reason they, they have shown, you know, sus, you know, success year in and year out. I, I, I truly have one winning season. Yeah. That, <laughs> I, fair, I got fair, one. Yeah. Fair, fair, fair yeah. point. Let's uh special thanks to Matt Moore again, of course, for joining yeah. us. Uh all, great insight that he was all these coaches have been fantastic, man. This has been really yeah, fun they really being have able been. to catch up with with all of them and just get, get get some insight. Special thanks to all of you out there for listening. Um shout out to everybody across the pond too. Our international fans. Um we love y'all. I don't know what time it is. I don't know if it's next week that y'all are listening, but really, really <laughs> appreciate uh appreciate uh you guys listening. I obviously love the love all the love um right here in, in the States as well. Um I, we've we've really been doing well in uh Pennsylvania. In Georgia recently, um, and but California, yeah, how do you know that California, you, of course, it you know that that's that's kind of where our bread is buttered, obviously. So you know we love our California folks, Bay Area, of course, especially. But um, you know, I mean, I, I, I sometimes I look at the stats, man. You know, sometimes I look at the statistics. So you uh, are a stat guy. You're a stat guy. I, I can I, I can be, I can be that sometimes. I, just, I can. I appreciate I appreciate the people listening, and you know, and I try to interact. Um, and, and talk to them and answer questions and everything. Cause I know we can't get it in right now. We get on here and we vent about things that we're thinking about. So I try to see what they're thinking about, but yeah. I don't track down the stats like that, man. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, I hope I, they're I listening. I hope they're not bored. I hope, hope we're saying something that um, they think is worth listening to and they keep listening. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Obviously we're, we're thank, thankful for your, your listenership. Um, so appreciate all y'all out there for listening. Y'all be safe. And everything, obviously, you know, a lot going on uh, in the country still. Still, some people still quarantined, some people not. I'm, I'm of the, uh, the former. Still, still living this quarantine life. But um, you guys all be safe out there. Appreciate, appreciate you for listening. Make sure you hit us up uh, on social media. Hit us up on Twitter. That's at our Haylock, and he's at underscore Eric Davis underscore, and on IG at Watch Ray Ray, and ED is at underscore Bump and Run. Um, next week, we'll have another coach for you um, as we'll wrap up our series of, of coaches here um, on the Believe in 49ers podcast, at least for the 2020 draft class, at least. So we'll, we'll wrap that up uh, next week. This has been the Believe in 49ers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Of course, we're presented by betonline.ag. So for Super Bowl champ Eric Davis, I'm Rashawn Haylock. We'll see y'all next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.